Hey, welcome back to Behind the Mic Conversations of Hope. I'm your host, Mike Stone. We just wrapped up a short series with a focus on children and teens. The first in the series was a conversation I had with five student athletes about being teenage Christians. The next episode was with Ed Stoll, a Christian apologist whose ministry is geared towards teens and parents of teens. Then last week we heard from 17-year-old Carson McGee, who was diagnosed at seven years old with type 1 diabetes. He's using that diagnosis to help others, and he's allowing God to work through him. We do this show to help give you some hope and encouragement, and hey, who doesn't need that? But also, we want to remind you that God loves you, and he has a purpose for your life. Well, if you haven't already noticed, we are in an election year. This is, without a doubt, the most highly charged election season I can remember. If it were up to me, I would say, hey, coronavirus is plenty for us to handle. However, on top of the virus and all the effects of it, job loss, quarantines, loss of lives, and so much more, we've added to it racial tensions, rioting in our cities, an exceptionally tense political race, hurricanes, derechos, wildfires, and we still have four months left in 2020. Well, leaders across our country are making decisions that no one ever guessed we would ever have to consider. From our city councils, our mayors, and our governors, to Congress and the White House, there is probably no better word to use for this time in our history than unprecedented. It can be easy for us to have the correct responses and answers to the problems that we face, so I decided to ask Christina Mern, mayor of my city, the city of Findlay, Ohio, to join me on this episode to give some of her perspective. The majority of you listening probably don't know anything about Findlay, Ohio. We're a city of approximately 42,000 people in northwestern Ohio. We are the major headquarters to corporations like Marathon Petroleum and Cooper Tire. We have major distribution centers in our area, such as Kohl's, Best Buy, and we are proud of our Finley City Schools and Trojan High School Athletics. Mayor Mern shares some insight into her decision-making, whether it is everyday city operation issues or now challenges from COVID-19, protests and riots, and economic threats that face our cities. Mayor Mern is wise beyond her years and offers hope regardless of what city you call home. Our conversation is centered around our faith. Mayor Mern is a Christ follower and talks about how whether her faith plays any part in her decisions as mayor of a growing Ohio city. Our conversation of hope today is for everyone, everywhere, not just for Finley, Ohio. I know that you will be encouraged and inspired as we hear from Mayor Christina Mern from Behind the Mic. Thank you so much. I know you're busy and you've taken time out of your schedule to do this. My pleasure. So we're going to jump right in here. And I, my first question for you would, would be, did you just always dream of being mayor? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not something I really thought of. 
And, you know, I think there are so many people in our lives that kind of encourage or see things in us that we don't necessarily see in ourselves. And I always naturally gravitated towards leadership positions and was always very interested in politics. And, you know, at one point thought about becoming a lawyer, always thought, oh, you know, when you're growing up, oh, I'm going to be president. Mm -hmm. And then I really started kind of seeing myself in more of the business world and an executive leadership position and seeing what that journey looked like and how I could support um, political figures kind of from the private sector. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily something I thought of, but I actually had a couple of community members that would frequently joke, including uh, our prior mayor saying, well, Mm -hmm. you know, she's going to take over for me. And, you know, then I got the call and was like, oh, you're being serious. (laughs) So it wasn't something I planned on, but something that I was open to. Yeah. Well, as I started, there's there's a lot of research on you on the Internet. I don't know (laughs) if you knew that. I did some snooping. Um, And based on your resume, you're clearly an ambitious person. And yet you've faced a lot of challenges along the way, which I want to talk about in a little bit. But what advice do you have for anyone listening who feels like the mountains in their life are just insurmountable? You know, I think one of the biggest things is that we can we become our own barrier. And this this mental thought of you allow yourself to kind of get caught in the the negative side of things rather than focusing on what can I do to control this moment right now or what can I do to get through the day? And then, you know, rather than we worry about the future or we dwell on a mistake that we made Mm. and we we kind of just fall prey to that negativity. And, you know, certainly as a person of faith, we, we allow, you know, the devil to kind of come in and and discourage us. And I guess I've just always kind of been good at moving past those items and recognizing that I can only do what I can do and and not putting barriers in front of myself that are many times not even there. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, this is called Conversations of Hope. And that's what we really are focused on is, is providing hope. We all have mountains in our lives especially yeah. during this crazy COVID time. Yeah. And it affects so much of our lives. It's not just an area. But um, you also contributed to, uh, you had a piece in The Courier, our local newspaper recently, talking about that. Basically, let kind of just, you know, let's gear up and, yeah. and get through this and be positive. And um, that was encouraging to me. And um, so I think that's great advice. Now, I want to look back to, you mentioned our former mayor. Uh, I want to look back to, I think it was January, February of 2019, yeah. you were chosen as interim mayor when our former mayor accepted the position that she now has as head of development services agency uh, for the newly elected at the time, Governor Mike DeWine. I have to talk about this okay. because this is what I heard <laughs> when, and I, and I knew you, but it never occurred to me, but this was an issue for, for some of uh, the, the residents of Finley was your age. Yeah. In November, your name was on the ballot though. And you you came up with a solid win. So did you ever feel at any point, and, and you mentioned that, you know, people had told you that you, you're kind of gearing up to step into that right. position. Did you ever feel like, wow, am I really qualified for this? You know, I didn't. I, I always felt like I, I know I could do the job. I, I knew it then. I know it now. And really, I kept going through the people that knew me knew I was the right person for the job. But because I had largely been out of the limelight, I had been involved in the 
pri- you know, private sector. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the name recognition. So there, I sure. knew that my key responsibility was to meet as many people as possible and, you know, show them who I am and that I was the right person for the job. And so that was really my focus coming in uh, because I knew I was the right person to lead my community. This is my home and I wanted to be able to serve. Yeah, I think that's important too. I mean, you you grew up here, you know Finley. This yeah. is it, it's it's kind of a part of you, and so certainly a passion for you is to really uh, make Finley shine. Which I love the city of Finley. Yeah, we've only been here like sixteen years. We're, we were north, <laughs> you know, more Bowling Green area, and I love Finley. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's a unique community, and you know, growing up, even it was funny looking back. I, if people would like criticize or say something negative about the city, I took it so personally. Yeah, right. I'm like, you don't, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, or do you know about X, Y, Z or, you know, people in college, I went to the university of Finley and mm-hmm. you know, would say something, Oh, there's nothing to do in Finley. I'm like, well, are you involved in this? Are you involved in that? Yeah. Do you ever go to that? You know, and because we, we get in our circles. And so I was like, well, no, there, there are things to do. You're just not getting connected in the right spots. You're not looking for the right things. Um, so I pretty much was mayor just, you know, as a, you know, yeah. unofficially. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is God was priming you even back then kind of to put that in your heart to say, this yeah. is, this is a passion of mine. That is awesome. So now, yeah. So, so you're in your twenties still, right? Yes. Okay. And, yeah. and that's really amazing. And the thing is, I think that Obviously, they're going to be doubters, but I mm-hmm. think that you've proven yourself. You've done an amazing oh, job, you. and and just your leadership, and and not just as the title of mayor, but we see you all throughout the community doing different things and reaching out to different groups. And I love that. Thank so you. I, I'm, I'm loving it. Well, and on the last census back in 2010, Finley's population was at 41,202. We're not a Chicago. Right. We're not a, a Seattle or a Portland. We're not a New York City. But clearly, you've got to be keeping an eye on what's happening in those cities. We've had some peaceful protests outside of the courthouse here. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you have concerns about where this may be headed? Our, clearly, our, right. our world, our country is, is struggling right now in so many areas yeah. uh, with the race issues. And, 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 and it's a political, it's an election year. So <laughs> we, we kind of expect those things anyway. But what, what are your, what's your perspective as mayor you know, I, I think the first thing is, you know, it, it breaks my heart to see it going on in other communities and yeah. even to hear, you know, the concerns and frustrations of citizens locally. We are very fortunate that we have, one, had peaceful protests and that we right. had a community where our police officers went down and stood with our protesters and said, listen, we're here to serve the community. And we don't want the opinion of our citizens to be that there is animosity or that they have to be fearful of law enforcement. Um, There's always, you know, there, there are bad people everywhere. Our officers don't want their organization and their reputation to be tarnished by the bad apples either. And so, I think the big thing for us and what I see is that the only way I know how to temper fear and frustration and animosity and, and the hurt that so many people feel is by showing them love. And many times, you know, in my role, it is listening to them and understanding that perception is reality. 
And so even if I don't see that there is a problem, if somebody else is sensing that there is an issue, then that's something that we need to address, whether it be through better communication, building a relationship, or perhaps looking at processes and procedures. And so when I see what's going on in other communities, I understand one, it's the minority of or communities, That's you know, right. yeah. the, the, unfortunately, you know, the media shows what's going to get attention. Mm-hmm. And so you see it and it shouldn't be happening. Rioting and looting is not the answer. That's not the way to be heard. That's not to affect the way to affect change. But that group is not representative of the whole. And it's just the tip of the iceberg on a greater issue. And I think the majority of people are going about the right way to get change. And so you can't dismiss an argument or a potential issue just because you don't like the way that some people are presenting it. That's right. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that the media, I mean, we we do want to see what's going on, but unfortunately that's all you see. It seems like in the media is all of the bad things. And yet we forget (laughs) that we have you could probably tell me how many mayors, how many cities in the in the country that are not dealing with that. Right. I think, you know, at, at one point I, I pulled it up and I don't remember, but it was, yeah, it was like less than 1% oh, sure. yeah. of, oh, I looked at, you know, communities where the National Guard was called in to mm-hmm. assist or where they designated a curfew. Yeah. And it was like less than 1% of communities across the country had had that type of event. Yeah. Yeah. And Finley is a great community. I mean, we just got, we have it all, you know, right. I really feel like we have it all. There's no need to go outside of Finley. Yeah. Um, but I want to touch on also, you are an elected official. Yeah. So that means that some people love what you're doing and some people don't. <laughs> so I want to hear from you. How do you handle the pressure? I mean, when you go to bed at night, you know that there are issues and there yeah. are people that are opposed to your thoughts and your, um, the things that you're doing. How, how do you deal with that and not take it personal? Right. <laughs> you know, I think the first thing is that I trust, I trust my gut and I know my intentions. And so when I have made a decision, I know that I made the decision that I feel is best for the community mm-hmm. and that I think is, um, I, I trust myself in, in, in that decision-making process. Probably the ones that keep me up at night, the decisions that keep me up at night are really the ones where it could go either way. And it's like a coin toss. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, but I just once you make a decision, you need to move forward and you need to understand and be able to communicate why you chose that. And so very frequently, you know, social media is uh, an interesting thing. It's a very valuable tool. It also is probably the, the bane of my existence. I'm sure. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure. And so the way that I also deal with it is just. Um, setting parameters for myself and knowing that, you know, a- after a certain time of day, don't I don't get on social media because yeah. I need to clear my head. I need to step away. Yeah. I need to be able to sleep and, and be able to do that. And I also then try to remind myself very frequently that the people that many times on social media or that feel strongly one way or, or the other, and especially those who, you know, disagree with me vehemently, mm-hmm. I was elected by the community to make the decisions that they believed I should be making and they trusted my judgment. And so you hear kind of from the minorities on the ends of the spectrum typically. Oh yeah, And so I just remind myself that, um, you know, the majority of people are trust me and are saying carry on and I don't hear from them because they, they, they trust that I've got it under control. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes that it doesn't feel that way. Um, and certainly, you know, there are moments where I read something and I have to walk away because it is hurtful. Yeah. 
but I know that ultimately I'm, I am where I'm supposed to be and I'm making the best decisions that I know how and we'll see where, where life takes me. You know, it's interesting that when things are going well, you don't hear from people. <laughs> Nobody's knocking on the door here at, at the mayor's office going, hey, I just wanted to tell you how great this was or yeah. this decision was just exactly what we needed. Right. You always hear from those who don't like. Right. And so you have to balance that. I mean, yeah. if we listen to all the naysayers, we would all just be doom and gloom all the right. time. So, yeah. yeah, I love the positivity there. What do you do for fun? I mean, you gotta, you gotta walk away from this and and there are days, we all have those days where we're like, I'm just done. And I'm sure as mayor with, with so many different views and sides. And I also want to say for those listening and this, this is at the city level all the way through the federal government. We don't always know the big picture. Yeah. And you have that, you have that for the city of Finley, you see the big picture, you see both sides, right? You have people behind you that are. Uh, weighing all of the what ifs and you're looking and analyzing it at things more than just it's just not a mayor Christina Mern decision right. this is this is a lot of work that you're putting into it you see the whole picture and I think that like I said on a city level or on a federal level we have to understand that we're not always we don't always see all the pieces yeah that definitely is the one of the biggest challenges in, in any leadership role but I, I think especially in government because of that additional layer of scrutiny mm-hmm. and visibility yeah. is is communication and there have been a number of situations you know so far where i really just try to explain and and i hope that people understand but the thing is there are so many different aspects and so many different variables in every situation and decision that we make that there's really no way to explain it all right and so uh, we do our best to communicate as much as we can, also recognizing that I'm the communications person. And so, you know, there are days where I'm like, I don't have time. We, we just have to do this. Yeah. And I don't have time to sure. communicate every detail. But that that is definitely a big challenge. Uh, back to your original question with how yeah, I kind I, of relax. Yeah, and, I want to know what you do for fun. <laughs> you know, recently, because I haven't had as many events, you know, typically, the first year was straight chaos because oh, I yeah. was not only campaigning, but I'm doing the job. Yeah. We have, you know, you have pretty much events or meetings four out of five nights of the week and then typically one or two events on the weekends. So my relaxation was like sitting down and reading a book and like listening to music and just chilling out. Yeah. This year has been strange because I'm all, still very busy and still juggling figuring out all of these different dynamics with the pandemic and you know the riots and everything but I have more evenings and weekends free because I don't have all the events (laughs) and so uh, my husband and I have been playing golf nice so that has been fun and still the weather's been even though it's been really hot it's been beautiful so just getting out and walking and relaxing and that's something I did pretty regularly before is you know would get out and take a walk in the evening and big proponent of that that's how I kind of clear my head and just listen to music and you know you know I don't have to think about anything else going on and I would frequently try to call I have three sisters Mm -hmm. so try to call my sisters you know during that time or my mom and just catch up and and have that kind of time where I'm not thinking about work as much yeah I actually saw you uh on I think it was Facebook or something uh out golfing yes and I was like (laughs) 
Good for you. <laughs> because, you know, you have to take advantage yeah. of this time, really. Right. I mean, you, you guys in this position uh, and, and lots of positions all over the country don't allow for what we've been allowed to have now. And that's kind of some time. Right. You know, so good for you. Uh, I, I believe that we first met at church. Yeah, I so think so. I, I want to talk about your faith. I think most people in the community um, know that faith is very important to you. And I guess one of the first questions I have for you is, in your position, it seems to me like there are times when <laughs> politically uh, there's a divide right now, mm-hmm. um, and, and has been, but, but I think a growing divide between talking about your faith and being in politics or in, in government. How has that impacted you, if at all? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, one, it's so vital that we have people of faith in leadership and in government. And, you know, it goes back to the old adage where, you know, if good people do do nothing, you know, yeah. what, what do you expect the outcome to be? Yeah. And so my faith is extremely important to me. And I serve as mayor, which is a political position, which falls under the responsibilities of supporting the Constitution of the yeah. United States. Mm-hmm. And so many times when I'm dealing with situations or thinking through um, a topic that is is politically charged and and could sway a certain way based off of religious viewpoints, I try to remember that I am a Christian serving as mayor and even in the Bible, it talks about, you know, respecting government mm-hmm. and in right. that authority. And so I try to understand that my role is not to dictate religion or my viewpoint because of my beliefs. It is to protect all individuals' beliefs through the lens of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Hearts and minds will be changed by Christ showing through me and by the church showing love to our world not by us dictating it through government. And so I bring my lens of faith and Christianity to every decision I make, but ultimately as a political figure, my decisions have to align with the constitution. And so I know that I've taken a lot of heat because of certain decisions I've made. And I just fall back on the responsibility that, you know, we have to love people. We have to allow them, you know, even bigger conversation I have helped with youth group for a number of years and we had a discussion on free will and what you know why we were created first of all and then God allowed us to choose to not follow him yeah that's right and decisions have no meaning if you don't have options Um, so if we don't have the freedom as humans to make mistakes and to choose to make the wrong decision and choose not to follow Christ then ultimately, what does it matter if we do love him? It has no meaning. And so That's good. we have to allow people to make mistakes. And we have to allow people to not believe. And we have to, because that is the, the world that we live in and the constitution that has been established. And then it's the responsibility of the church to love and change people's hearts and minds and lead them to Christ. And, you know, in my role, that's exactly what I believe. I don't need to change your mind. I need to show you why you should change your own mind. Yeah, that's really good. I just had uh, a few episodes ago, we had five student athletes 
from our local high school here, and we, so we talked about the perception that people have of Christianity, and most of them agreed that their friends, their peers, felt like as Christians that we were either perfect or we were above them, and, and it was interesting to hear them say that, you know, ultimately they just want people to know that we don't look down on you, we don't... Right. Uh, they talked about LGBTQ. They talked about all kinds of different things that people look at us and say, you know, you don't tolerate that. You hate us because we yeah. believe this or we follow this. And uh, they understood that's not the case, right. that ultimately we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to show the love of Jesus Christ. And um, I love how you put that because I, I've always wondered when I see things in the paper, we had a mural painted out on yeah. the street that we had issues with. And, right. and I'm like, okay, that's, you know, there was some decision that had to go into that from right. different perspectives, but I really like how you handled that. Thank um, you. And, it, and I'm sure that that was much easier on my end than it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> it was challenging. You know what? And I, one thing I think is important, you know, I've, I've talked to a number of people, Christians and non-Christians alike. And I think I would be remiss without mentioning, uh, given your platform at the moment, is, you know, this COVID pandemic and the the protests and the conversations around the LGBTQ plus community and diversity in general, you know, it's really, it has broken my heart mm. to see the response of um, the Christian community. Because I feel like we have been given a great opportunity to lead and love those around us in this challenging time. And I think, you know, we all kind of started out on a positive note. We're like, okay, we can come together and get through yeah. this and we're gonna be great and I'm here to help you if you needed it, anything. And then as it continued, you know, people started kind of getting in their corners and mm. this is my opinion and if you don't agree with me, you know, you're a sheep and yeah. and you're doing X, Y, Z. And, and I'm just like, how? How is that showing Christ's love if you're not willing to say, you know what, I, you know, you can, I don't care what your opinion is. Everybody has a mixed opinion on this entire situation. And I yeah. think it's really somewhere in the middle is the truth as in many situations. Sure. But instead of saying, I've still got your back and I'm here to protect you and I'm here to do what I need to do. And to be honest, earthly things have absolutely no meaning in the long run. So why are we so concerned about X, Y, Z when instead we're really given an opportunity to show how we rely on our faith in a challenging time and how we want to help the least of these and how we want to welcome someone into our home and how we respect authority. And, And it's been very frustrating for me to just be like, Everybody has their own opinions. Some of the people that I have had the most challenging or received some of the most criticism from have been individuals who are Christians. Mm. And I just am like, that is not how Christ represents himself. That is not how he wants us to behave. Yeah, you're <laughs> so right. So that's, that's been frustrating. Um, but I also recognize that, you know, we have that freedom and, and we live in a country where we can express ourselves however we, you know, kind of like. That's and, right. You know, it. We so get to it's, make choices. Right. And we talked about that with the youth as well, that, uh, you know, every every choice we make has consequences, whether yeah. good or bad. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it, it broke my heart, and it, and it does when I watch the news mm-hmm. of, of, you know, the worst thing we can do right now, I think, to each other is on social media, we can unfriend you. Right. You know, if I don't like your opinion, I don't want to hear it anymore, right. rather than, than face it and go, 
how can we how can we meet in the middle or how can we agree to disagree you know because everybody there there's not one or two views there's multiple right. views on every every right. situation so you know we talked about challenges in your job but i want to go back to your childhood you had some challenges then yeah um you lost your father at an early age can you can you talk about that and how that affected you and maybe maybe how that affects you now and in, in your role yeah yeah so my father passed away from a brain aneurysm when i was 11 years old and obviously very unexpected yeah. um, my parents had separated when i was about six years old mm-hmm. and both remarried um so I really grew up, you know, living with my mother and three sisters prior to her then getting remarried. And my mom and stepfather both had uh, a number of health issues as well. So mm-hmm. I think the thing that, you know, one, losing a parent, I did not deal with it. I, I, I went to school that day and pretty much for probably a couple months was a zombie. Like I, I, yeah. I did not deal with my emotions. I would not allow myself to cry. You know, I just, I didn't know how to process it. And I was so used to being that kind of controlled, composed individual that sure. I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, that ended up giving me some anxiety and different issues that then, you know, I, I received counseling for, and it was, it was great. You know, we, we have to learn how to process emotions, especially at such a young age. Yeah. But I think what it, how it really shaped me then and how I have seen it really carry through is having perspective on life and recognizing that, you know, one, I want to leave where the world or the people that I impact and come encounter with better than I found them. Mm. And, you know, perspective on the fact that when I'm making decisions about you know, dare I even bring it up, like Blanchard Street. And, you know, many people were very upset (laughs) that we're reconfiguring that street. Um, That when people say things or when a decision is difficult, I just look back and I I have perspective of the fact like, okay, this is not a life or death decision. Right. This is, you know, what somebody is saying about me is not true. You know, I am here. It just kind of gives me this lens of, things here on earth don't really matter in the long run again going back to my faith but what does matter is how i represent christ how i treat others how you know people talk about how you make somebody feel and so when i'm dealing with situations it's it's like okay you know what that's what we needed to do that's what we did we're moving on um and it probably just i guess gave me resiliency in recognizing that you know what what is important in life and how you can move through situations and learning how to balance my own emotions and how right. do I get out of my own way? You know, so I know, and I mentioned a little bit at the beginning, if I start getting frustrated or I'm kind of emotionally and physically exhausted, which happens a lot recently, sure. is I know like if I turn on music and I have a couple minutes to like either sing a worship song or, you know, maybe maybe it's rap because I do enjoy some good rap, there you, you go. know, different things that get me kind of pumped up and get me out of my own head. Yeah. You know, so it ta- taught me not only coping mechanisms and perspective, but you know what what is important, and yeah. um, just has kind of allowed me to be able to to move through life in a way that gets given me the confidence in who I am to understand that I can just do the best that I can do every day, and that's my expectation of myself. That's great advice. I think that we can all glean from. 
you know, how many times do we look back at something that was so big and we look back and go, why did I make such a big deal about that? Now mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to downplay and I know you don't right. either downplay the things that really are important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all need to make a living. We all need to do those things right. to exist here in, in this world. But, um, but we need that balance and that perspective. And that's sure. really, that's really good. Well, I want to, I want to kind of close with advice to our listeners. Uh, we're living through one of the most unique times in history. We look back and we kind of refer back to, you know, the plague and, mm-hmm. and we look back at uh, the Spanish flu and all those things. But this is a little different just in light of technology right. and advancements. I mean, we, I miss eating out as much as, <laughs> you know. You can, you can do carry out at most restaurants. I encourage and you to support local. <laughs> we, we do, we do. And I could list some really great restaurants we that we support. Um, but we're living in, in a unique time and, and lots of people are dealing with depression and anxiety. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, we all feel like we're cooped up in our homes. We're not able to have the freedom to do the things that we always enjoyed before. People wondering if they have a job tomorrow, how they're gonna get through the next week. We're looking at schools now here yeah. locally and across the country. How's that going to look? What advice can you give to listeners through your experiences and through your education? What advice can you give to our listeners who are facing those uncertainties in their life right now? Yeah, well, those are certainly all very real, you know, issues yeah. that ever, folks are dealing with. And I, I think the best way is, one, we need to learn for find new ways to connect with people and you know yes we may be the most connected you know time of our lives with social media with phones yet we are not truly connected yeah and so i would encourage people to reach out to neighbors to call friends to send letters to do video chats um, to you know have time together in front yards or wherever you can to be socially distant but to still find times to connect to yeah. individuals and try to find I know this sounds silly but look up questions to ask people to have conversation on something other than covid yeah because I know that it is so easy right now that we get together and we spend time with someone and we just talk about all of the frustrations and yeah. and it, you become caught in that headspace of the frustration of the fear of you know the uncertainty that That's we're right. experiencing rather than what was your favorite trip you took as a child tell me about one of your favorite Christmas or birthday presents. If you could go one place in the world, where would it be? And start having a more positive outlook on on the future. What is a goal you want to achieve while you have this extra time? Yeah. You know, so many people have done projects around their home. Um, making sure, you know, if you are in a relationship that you, you know, have a date night and do something creative. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a picnic or going on a walk or playing golf together. Golfing, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's challenging. And certainly here locally, we're a little um, more fortunate because we have the ability to get out into our parks and mm-hmm. do some of those things. Yeah. Um, but you have to be very intentional about it and connecting. And the other thing I would do is, you know, trying to find new patterns, whether it's, uh, you know, if you're home, if you're working from home, like getting up and going on a walk or making mm-hmm. sure you're scheduling breaks or reading a book, again, setting those new patterns rather than just sitting and getting on social media and reading all the negativity or turning on the news. Or It's just so easy to get caught in that. And then if, you know, 
if people are having issues with unemployment or access to food or whatever it may be, I would really encourage them to go to HancockHelps.org. That is a local platform, kind of the old 211, where we can get you connected to resources. So whether it be a counseling um, entity or food, where there are meals, where food distributions are going to be, if you yeah. need a mask, yeah. um, all those different items, or if you're interested in volunteering, there are still opportunities. For example, um, 50 North and United Way are doing food and grocery deliveries to elderly individuals that are more vulnerable. So I think recognizing again that you, we can't control necessarily the effects of the pandemic on our lives right now. What we can control is our response to them. And so finding ways to stay positive and keep an eye on the future and know that this is a season, this is not forever, that you're going to get through it and that we as a community are here to help and, and that if they need help, to reach out. Yeah. And we're talking locally here and, and there are places that you can reach out for those resources. Um, if nothing else, find a good Bible believing church. Yeah. They can at least point you in the right direction. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that's been one great thing is, you know, everybody kind of transitioning to online things you can get on and watch Bethel and Hillsong and yeah. all of these Jesus culture, all these great churches and worship services and, you know, get on and for goodness sakes, Get on and look up top 10 funniest family videos. You oh know, my America, goodness. like find something funny, find something to get out of your normal and, and just, you know, make yourself laugh, make yourself get out of your own way and yeah. find a way to control the things you can control and let go of the things you can't. Good advice. Mayor Christina Murn, I want you to know that you have a lot of supporters out there. My family and I are big fans. <laughs> we appreciate you. your time today. And I want to encourage all of you, you know, I I recently said this podcast is being downloaded in 20 countries right now. And so wherever you're at, I would encourage you to take time every day and pray for your leaders, pray for your mayors. This country, we all know, needs prayer. For sure. Uh, We have an election coming up and lots of stuff going on in our country. So please don't feel like you can't do something because prayer is so vital right now and um so and we're praying for you and for this great city and uh, we thank you for your time today my pleasure i really enjoyed hearing from mayor mern about how she lives each day with a positive approach and trying to be an example of jesus wherever she goes and whatever she does there's a great deal of wisdom in what she had to say about doing what she can do and making the best decisions she knows how and then moving forward with confidence You know, too often we can be influenced by those around us, even well-meaning people, but it really is about us using, as she puts it, the lens of her faith to walk through our lives knowing that even when we make mistakes, we just keep on moving forward. I hope you were encouraged by our conversation today. Well, we are in the middle of baseball season, and just like everything else, baseball in 2020 looks quite different. No fans, only 60 games instead of the usual 162. No minor league season this year, but hey, baseball is back. I thought it would be appropriate to talk with someone who knows baseball. So next week's guest, he was a major league pitcher for seven seasons. He began with the San Diego Padres and was later traded to the San Francisco Giants. His major league career was cut short when on August 15, 1989, he broke his pitching arm in Montreal during a game with the Expos. This last pitch 
was later dubbed the pitch heard round the world. Be sure to join us next week as I have a conversation with former Giants pitcher Dave Dravecki. After surgery on his pitching arm to remove a cancerous tumor, Dave was told that short of a miracle, he would never pitch again. You'll not only hear Dave talk about the comeback, but also how he dealt with depression and anger after the amputation of his left arm and shoulder. This is an episode you don't want to miss, so be sure to subscribe and share this episode with all of the baseball fans you know. Hey, thanks again for joining us this week. And remember, if your life is grounded in Jesus, even in the darkest times, there is hope. 